Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by author and founder of The Beauty Chef, Carla Oates. Carla Oates was only 13 years old when she first recognised the link between health and beauty. While she now sits at the forefront of the global inner beauty movement, some 20 years ago you would have found Carla Oates working in magazines. It was during her time as a beauty editor that she really began to look at the ingredients in the skincare products that she was writing about. Concerned by what she found, Carla began to gear her column towards natural, organic and even do-it-yourself beauty, a shift the public were initially reluctant to accept. Having spent years experimenting with fermented ingredients to heal her own skin conditions and those of her young family, it was in 2009 that Carla launched Glow, the beauty chef's first inner beauty supplement. Today, that collection is composed of eight inner and two topical skincare products and is available worldwide via online retail giants like Netta Porter and Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop and in physical stores including Bloomingdale's, Space NK and Anthropology. I've used Carla's Beauty Chef products for years and I can personally attest to their efficacy and I have been trying to find a time to record with Carla for this podcast since before I'd even published the first episode. So I had really high hopes for this conversation and as predicted, Carla is as warm, as beautiful, as intelligent and as generous with her time as she appears. I caught up with Carla in Rush Cutters Bay to discuss what exactly the link is between gut health and the skin, how we can identify and heal our own gut health issues, to debunk a few wellness myths, and to find out how applying the leftover liquids from her home fermented foods to her skin led to the inception of one of the beauty chef's highest selling products. Now, I understand it was when you were quite young that you first kind of discovered, I guess, the link between our health and our skin. But even prior to that, what was your first real memory of beauty? My real first real memory of beauty would actually probably be my mum, who was a fashion editor of magazines. And she was obsessed with perfume. Mm -hmm. And so I guess her beautiful bedside table full of all different types of perfumes and creams and lotions and potions. It's, I didn't realise that she worked in fashion because I understand that you worked as a writer and a fashion stylist for a long time. So did you sort of look at her growing up and think that's what I want to do? Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I guess I was exposed to the industry and fashion from a very early age. Mm-hmm. And my mum had a very natural flair for styling. And I was, I grew up around it. So it was a very natural it felt very natural for me. So from quite a young age, in my teens, actually, friends used to ask me to style different um, film clips. Ah. Uh, and when they were doing creative projects, they'd ask me to style them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do fashion. So it was, it was sort of when I finished school, I just decided to, because I got asked to, to you know, style fashion shoots, I ended up doing that. But my real interest really did lie in nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of went on the path of working in magazines and I started writing and getting lots of different jobs in that space. And then it was interesting because when it evolved into becoming a beauty editor, um, I then started really veering off into kind of natural health and beauty and that's when my career in that space really started. Mm-hmm. 
so you've mentioned that you did have an interest in nutrition, but did you ever picture yourself working in beauty? No, I guess it was more with, with food actually. So from a very young age, I understood the relationship between what we consume and our mm -hmm. skin health and overall health because I had allergies and eczema as yes. a child and a teenager. And so my mum took me to a naturopath when I was about 13 and she eliminated certain foods from my diet, like gluten and dairy that I was mm -hmm. allergic to and introduced other foods. So from a very young age, I saw that strong connection between what we consume and our skin health and overall well-being. And I think that really my interest really sparked at that stage and I started looking and I studied naturopathy in my early 20s mm -hmm. I started and I also was doing a um, started a science degree yeah. um, but because I had children quite young and was working at the same time I sort of left those behind my interest really was in research um, into mm -hmm. nutrition and science but you know the glamorous world of magazines <laughs> yes. pulls me away <laughs> and it was just very easy for me to do that I guess because my background and I think I had a bit of a flair for that mm -hmm. um, for writing and for styling and so but it was when I became a beauty editor and being a natural researcher and into natural ointments and, mm -hmm. and skincare that I became very concerned with the amount of toxic chemicals in skincare and it really I guess it was a bit of a wake-up call to I really want to be teaching people about how to look after their skin and yeah. their body more holistically. So your first visit to the naturopath, you're around 13. Yes. Did you follow those teachings strictly? Because I think when I was 13 and what I would have been eating, you know, there's the, you know, if I'm at the food court after school and the pull of some French fries, I can't imagine me like really following what a naturopath would have told me. Well, it's interesting because I think back to when I was about 13 and after school I used to go to the gym and then I used to go and get deep fried spring rolls with yeah. a coffee milkshake. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not very beauty chef. Yeah. Um, and I remember at home, my mum cooked very healthy food. Mm -hmm. But of course, being a teenager after school, I would go out with my friends and, you know, eat a lot of junk food. Yeah. And my allergies were really bad. My eczema was really bad. And when mum took me to the naturopath and I had all these blood tests and saw that I had these allergies to specific foods like gluten and dairy, mm -hmm. and mum eliminated those foods from my diet, it was interesting because I was so used to drinking dairy. And I remember at the time, which is not so um, you know fashionable now, but soya milk at the time was the sort of dairy alternative. Yeah. And so I remember drinking bonsoi and going, I don't know how I can stomach this. <laughs> but six months later, I was really diligent with it because I guess also when you're at that age, you become more conscious of your skin. Yes. Because entering into those teen years and having eczema and allergies, you know, mm. wasn't very pleasant. And I guess I was quite conscious of it. So I was very diligent about, you know, drinking the soya milk. And after, it was interesting, after about six months of not having dairy, I remember having a sip of milk mm -hmm. and it making me feel sick. I didn't like the feel of it in my mouth. And I also realised at that age how adaptable we are and yes. how we can easily, after a while, break habits. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of it is very psychological and what we're used to and it's all about habits. So um, milk for me was quite repelling after yeah. you know months of having soy milk. Of course, I did deviate being a teenager, but I also realised when I would deviate, my eczema would flare up, my allergies would flare up as well. Mm -hmm. So it was trying to strike that balance. I think as soon as you start recognising, okay, this behaviour is what's going to yes. change my skin, it, you know, it's like there's something tactile that you go, okay, well, 
these are the consequences. Definitely. And I think vanity is a fantastic thing for, oh, te- for teenagers my, <laughs> because it's my biggest motivator to this very day. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter, I remember when she had, um, she went through a stage in her teen years when she was, I was like an organic, she said, you know, mum, you're an organic freak. Um, every, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I take it as a compliment. Um, but she went through that sort of rebellious stage of why does everything that we have to eat you know, we have to make everything from the fridge. Why can't I have packet food? And she'd come home from school and say, ah, oh, I went to McDonald's and had a Pepsi today. And I used to try and be, okay, quick, right. don't react. Okay. Reverse psychology, don't react. Oh, really? That's great. Mm-hmm. And I could see her skin getting worse and yep. worse. Um, with She also had eczema, but also at this particular time, acne. Mm-hmm. And it was... She, oh, how fun's being a teenager. I know. And it once. started... Um, breaking out on her back as well. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that it, it was great because she said to me, you know, she, she sort of, she got very upset and she said, mum, my skin's terrible, mm-hmm. you know, on, on my back, it's breaking out, can you help me? And so it was that perfect timing of me just waiting, just thinking, I'll just buy my time, she's gonna come to me because, uh-huh. you know, her skin is gonna start to make her feel self-conscious. And so she came to me and it was brilliant. And she and I, we cleaned up, you know, as, you know outside of home, just mm-hmm. try not to do, have any of the sugars and the processed foods. And I understand pea group pressure and all those things. So she eliminated a lot of foods from her diet as well. And I started putting on beautiful, um, you know, natural masks with clays yeah. and turmeric and herbs and spices. And within three to four weeks, her skin had completely cleared up. And that oh, was amazing. amazing. So I always said vanity for teenagers mm. is a great motivator. You want them to do it, you know, so they feel good as well. But I guess if that's what's going to get it over the line, then. it, yes. So yeah, it's me trying to get all my friends to wear sunscreen. And they're saying, oh, I'm not really at risk, though. I've got Mediterranean skin. And I said, oh, but you're going to look very old while I look this age the rest of my life. Exactly. If that's what gets them to do it. Yeah. So you spent, you've touched on the time that you spent working as a writer, beauty editor, fashion stylist. It was around 10, you spent 10 years or so? So, yeah, I I started off probably in my late teens doing... So I did a little bit of modelling as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was modelling in my late teens and also doing styling freelance. And then I got my first job for a magazine, I think, when I was around 22. Amazing. um, And worked in magazines on and off for about six years, seven years. Doing, you know, as a fashion editor, beauty editor, popular culture writer. Mm -hmm. And then I moved into freelance. And then I got the job as the video editor for Sunday Life magazine, which was mm-hmm. part of the Sun Herald. Yes. And I had a column. And then I started really, you know, the, the column, I remember my editor saying, Carly, your column's very, it's going very natural. <laughs> and um, because I became quite concerned with those, the toxic chemicals in mass market skincare. And I had women and men from all over Australia writing into me and mm-hmm. saying, Carla, can you recommend something for my psoriasis, my eczema? And being a natural researcher, looking at all of these ingredients that were Mm -hmm. potential carcinogens, tetragens, neurotoxins, thinking these ingredients are not going to help their skin. And so from there, I really wanted to make it my mission to help educate people on how to look after their skin more holistically from Mm -hmm. from the inside out. And then I I worked as, and I still am actually, the natural beauty columnist for Wellbeing magazine. Yes. And I penned a column for the Sunday Telegraph body and soul section called do it yourself beauty yeah for about six years and i wrote a book in 2002 i think it was for penguin called feeding your skin which is a book full of natural Amazing. recipes for skin health i don't know how you have the time was there anything that you learned during that period um 
writing the column, working in media, that you find you're still applying to your work today? I think probably... Sorry. <coughs> um, what I learnt back then, working for the media, which I apply to now, I guess my writing skills mm -hmm. and my love of connecting with people through words. Mm -hmm. When the column became quite you know, geared towards natural products. I know a lot of people were writing in asking for recommendations, but what was the response to it being basically a natural beauty column? Because at that time, this wasn't, you know, as trendy and all that that it is now. Yeah, so I think Body and Soul, Sunday Telegraph were very progressive. Mm -hmm. And the editors that I worked with at that particular time were really progressive. So they let me write lots of really interesting stories that I guess at the time were quite left of field. Mm -hmm. But now I look now very mainstream. But I guess Body and Soul very much specialised in alternative health and beauty. Yes. Um, it was kind of their alternative section in the newspaper. But you're right, like it was really niche. And I remember at the time some beauty editors who... Um, I'm still in contact with now and they'd laugh at me and go Carla you're the feral beauty editor you've got you've gone rogue on us and um, I was like you know what I just don't believe in the industry I think it's really mm -hmm. one-dimensional I think it's not particularly healthy mm -hmm. um, I believe I don't believe in a prescriptive type of beauty that there's one perfect type of beauty yes. so from a very philosophical perspective I didn't agree with it but also looking at the products in the industry as well, the, the actual, you know, the goo, in, the goop in bottles. Yeah. And for me, I thought that it just didn't resonate. It's like, this is not healthy. This is not going to make people's skin healthy. And the message in the beauty industry, I thought, was very harmful. Yeah. I think, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but probably part of what people were shocked by is that this philosophy was coming from someone in the industry I feel like it's very easy for people to throw stones when they're not a part of it mm. but you had lived it you've worked there yeah and look everyone was very um accepting and also interested and mm. when I would say you know there's so many toxic chemicals in skincare they sort of look at me like I've gone crazy yeah and it's like look, I've, really, <laughs> I've really done my research on this and I felt so strongly and passionate about it and I think when you feel very strongly about something and I always knew that this information eventually was the future of mm -hmm. beauty and the future of skincare because it was I guess the truth and when you start to when people start to delve a bit deeper into understanding what I guess from a very phys physiological perspective of what makes skin healthy it's not chemicals in a mm. in a bottle and I also think that as we evolve as humans, we're going to start to question around, you know, is one type of beauty the only type of beauty? Mm. Well, I think you were spot on in saying that that was the future. So lucky you, um, you know, went with your instinct. Oh, that would have been a perfect spot for me to say you followed Probably your gut. gut. There we go. Yeah. Mm. It was right <laughs> there. So it was around 2004 that you published your first book based on the column. Is that when that feeding was, your skin? Okay, it was 2004, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Give <laughs> myself a little pat on the back. At what point did you start experimenting with formulas and fermenting foods at home? Was that pre or post book? So that was pre book. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sorry, post book. So I really started, because I was writing about topical skincare from uh, the Sunday Life newspaper, I started, well, I wanted to give women and men 
healthier alternatives. So I started, yeah. you know, in my column, I would publish recipes. So healthy face masks mm-hmm. uh, and feeding your skin to actually full of topical recipes. So moisturizers, exfoliants, mm-hmm. scrubs that are all made of herbs and botanicals and um, natural oils. Yeah. And so it really started there. And I guess my daughter, when she was 10, she also had eczema. Mm-hmm. She's 21 now. And she and allergies. And so I started putting her on a um, the same sort of diet I was on when I was about 13. Yeah. So I eliminated certain foods from her diet, like gluten and dairy, and introduced other foods. And so we, I saw a real her skin clear up to a degree. And also her allergies get a bit, bit better. But I really delved into, I'd done some, you know, I, I'm such a, a dag, but I do love reading scientific journals and nutritional journals. Oh, I journals. don't think that's daggy at um, all. A little bit nerdish. <laughs> and I do spend a lot of time looking at um, Google Scholar these days. Yes. Just to keep research, research papers. I get very excited about that. <laughs> um, and I remember stumbling across a piece of research that looked at certain types of bacteria mm-hmm. and eczema. And so I did lots of research around that and I realised that there was a correlation and connection between gut health Mm -hmm. and skin health. And I did a lot of reading into lacto-fermented foods, so traditional uh, cultured foods like your sauerkraut, your kimchi, your miso. Mm -hmm. And I started making those foods at home and introduced those foods into my kids' diets. And I saw a big difference in their gut health, skin health, jeets, eczema, so much better. Mm -hmm. And then I was eating the foods and friends and family were saying, what are you doing differently? Your skin's so glowy. And I was feeling more energetic and just had this overall sense of well-being from eating these vegetables. And they're like, are you using a different moisturiser? I'm like, no, I've literally just started to put these lacto-fermented foods into my diet. Mm-hmm. And so I was the local pusher for <laughs> bacteria. Yes. Um, and so... Such a glamorous it, title. Such a glamorous, yeah, the beauty of bacteria. <laughs> um, I'm still pushing that. It'll, yeah. it'll, you know, resonate at some point. You've swayed me, so... Um, and, and I literally had, you know, all of my fermented vegetables growing in the kitchen and I had neighbours come in and go, oh, Carla, you know, I'd say, do you want some of my bacteria today? Um, <laughs> and soon enough, they became very popular with friends and family mm-hmm. and people noticed tummy feeling better stronger hair, skin and nails, and more energy, um, less inflammation in their body. Mm -hmm. And so I really knew I was onto something. And I guess feeling so passionate about wanting to help change the paradigm in the beauty industry, I thought I've come up with a real solution for skin issues and health issues by really addressing gut health Mm -hmm. and beauty and health from within. And so Glow, my first interview powder, was really born from that philosophy, which has got 24 bio-fermented superfoods, prebiotic and probiotic. And at the time, it was so funny because it was so left of field and Mm. everyone was like, that's so weird. What do you mean by inner beauty? What do you mean by fermented foods and bacteria for gut health, for skin health? And so many people said to me, it's too weird. It's too left of field. It won't work. Yeah. I felt oh, how wrong they were. <laughs> yeah, but I just felt so strongly. I mean, it worked mm-hmm. for, my, for my daughter, for myself, for my friends and family. And I truly believed in it. So I never was swayed um, mm-hmm. and I guess was very staunch and in my resolve around wanting to bring this to market and help educate people. Mm-hmm. This is such a broad question, so feel free to go as in-depth or, you know, surface as you like. 
what is the link between gut health and the skin? Why is it that what we're putting in our bodies is, you know, showing itself? So your gut is where everything happens. So your gut's where 70% of your immune system lies. Mm-hmm. It's where we make nutrients. It's where we make detoxifying enzymes, where we make neurotransmitters, where we neutralise pathogens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where we metabolise hormones. So, so much that happens in our gut can therefore affect our skin. You just think about how hormones can wreak havoc on our skin. Not yes. Having, <laughs> not having... Um, Enough nutrients. Mm-hmm. I mean, our skin, hair, and nails are actually the last places to get nutrients that go to more important organs really? first. Yeah, our okay. body is very clever. Mm-hmm. It looks after the most vital organs first. So, what happens in our gut can impact our skin profoundly. Mm-hmm. And where there's gut inflammation as well, more and more studies are showing that there's there'll be skin inflammation. Mm-hmm. Where people have a healthier microbial balance in their gut, they're going to have a healthier fatty acid profile in their skin. So the skin's going to be more moisturised, plumper and hydrated. And more and more studies are showing. So, for example, um, people with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, are 10 uh-huh. times more likely to have acne. Wow. So, And the same goes with, with rosacea. So yes. they're now linking gut health and even things like eczema, which is very much immune-related. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, leaky gut is very much implicated in a lots of in allergies and eczema. And, you know, psoriasis, which is autoimmune, so leaky gut, you know, more and more studies are showing the role that leaky gut plays in autoimmune skin mm-hmm. conditions and um, health problems. I mean, I've experienced it firsthand and so has my mum's got rosacea and that's triggered yeah. by certain things, but, I, you know, I've never really understood why. I just think, okay, I'll cut this out and then we're all good, but now we know. So you've mentioned Glow and how that was the first product that you launched. That was yes. 2009. I feel like it's one thing to have this idea and to be playing around in the kitchen, but it is a very different thing to develop market send a product out into the world so how did you go about it i know i look back now and i think what was i thinking Emma? <laughs> what was i thinking <laughs> i guess i'm such a determined person and when i really believe in something i give it my all mm-hmm. and as i was saying before i was really unwavering in my dedication to making this happen because i truly believed it would help so many people and was a great a real solution yes to skin problems i started i was working as a freelance writer and stylist at the time and my kids were youngish so sort of juggling and then of a night time I had a desk I had a wardrobe in my bedroom yes. and I would open up the wardrobe and I converted part of it to a desk European office that's exactly <laughs> right and I would work on my brand of a night time and on weekends yeah. on the side and I thought how am I going to with a brand new concept when people are saying it's so weird and left a field mm. How can I educate people? We know that when you come up with a new concept in an industry, you need millions or hundreds of thousands of marketing dollars behind you to educate people about a completely new concept. Yeah. I didn't have that. Right. And I thought, so how am I going to do this? And luckily, it did get quite a bit of attention. So I remember Vogue did a story on it. And then Italian Vogue did a story on it because I thought it was really quite novel and interesting. So I got a little bit of swell from though that being um, in different publications and then it became such a word of mouth product because it worked and I remember I think it was a buyer's the buyer at Farmers a department Mm -hmm. store in New Zealand and she called me and she said I've seen Glow in Vogue and she said I've been using it and people are asking me what are you doing differently your skin's so glowy Mm -hmm. she said Carla I really believe in what you're doing but we have no inner beauty space on the shelves at Farmers 
Right. So I have nowhere to put it. She said, you're before your time. She said, I'm going to keep using it. I'm going to tell everybody about it. So it became very much, it really, it spread a bit like wildfire. So I started getting really good sales on my website. And then really, I guess it was very you know, serendipitous that I got approached by Home Shopping TV. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought, oh, you know, an agent approached me. He said, I've heard you've got this amazing product. It's really new. It's really innovative. That's what Home Shopping thrive on. Would you be interested in selling it on, on TV? And I thought, oh, isn't home shopping really daggy? And do I have to get on and go, not only do you get five globe, but you yeah. get a set of steak knives <laughs> as well. And I thought, well, I don't have to be that person. I can just go on and really talk mm. honestly about my product and leave all their other stuff to the presenters. Yes. And it was actually the best thing I did for my business because you think about it in a time mm. where there was no inner beauty category, mm. I didn't have a platform to educate. I didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to help build an amazing marketing campaign. And 2009, you can't just, you know, push it out onto Instagram and hope that it'll gain traction. That's exactly right. We didn't have those platforms back then. Mm. So home shopping was an amazing platform for me and it gave me an hour you know, once a week to go on TV and to educate the viewer mm. on the product because it was an educational product as well. Yeah. So you're introducing a whole lot of new concepts, inner beauty, fermented food, gut health, skin health, and how it affects your overall well-being. And so really it resonated with the customer. They started using it. They loved it. It's now actually, however many years later, the number one health brand on home shopping. Amazing. In Australia. And it resonated. And I love the fact that it has been such a word of mouth product. You know, I I have people come up to me and say, oh, my aunt told me about it. And it made Mm -hmm. such a huge difference to her. And her nieces use it. And the niece's uncle's brother uses it. And so I guess it really gained traction through home shopping, word of mouth. And I built the brand, you know, slowly through home shopping until it became a category. Mm. And I remember getting my first call from a shop in an amazing, very progressive shop in New York. And they said, we love what you're doing. It's so progressive. And they wanted my first stockist and Irene from Nourish Life yes, is another one. Yes, we love. <laughs> it's funny whenever you're saying word of mouth, I'm like, well, Irene got me onto it. So yes. That's, yeah, absolutely. How nice to get a call from a stockist who actually had a place to um you know to push it yeah and then I got a really difficult one because I remember um, a really big retailer in the US contacted me and Mm -hmm. it was just when I was still working from home I had six products at that stage I was on home shopping I had some retailers locally in Australia I had my beautiful friends in um, New York Cat Beauty Mm -hmm. who were stocking it and then it must have been this big retailer saw it at Cat Beauty in New York and they called me and they said we would love to stock Glow in our 300 and something stores that we've got worldwide and it was the hardest decision I had to make because I thought as much as you will help elevate the brand Mm -hmm. or actually more so just you know get the brand out there and yeah Yeah. it wasn't the right brand fit yep and it was so hard and all my friends are going, wow, you've got to do it. Like it's really going to help you give your brand that platform that you need mm-hmm. to get it out there and to spread the word and educate people. And I said, I know, but it, then it's not the right partnership. And sometimes in business, what I've learned is sticking to your, you know, following your gut instincts. Yes. Um, and also sometimes saying no to things is the most powerful That was my mantra last year. It is saying, yeah, Mm. because 
had I said yes to this particular retail outlet, then all some of the most amazing stockers and partners that we have, like Goop and Netta Porter, and would never have taken the brand. So yeah, it gives me chills. It's <laughs> true. So you mentioned that when you started to get picked up, there were six products on launch. Did you have ambitions to formulate an entire range, or was the, you know at that time were you just like, okay, I'm going to put Glow out into the world and we shall see. It was such an organic process, Gemma. It really was. This is a product that I really believe in. And it was more, I just need to get this concept and this product into people's hands. So I didn't really think about building a brand at that point. It was more sort of product focused. Mm -hmm. And then I guess really tapping into what I as a mum and a woman and a human being need. Yes. Um, <laughs> from a in a daily, from a, you know, in my daily routine to help really strengthen my health and I guess because we're all so busy mm. I I guess tapped into the opportunity of other products that I really wanted into in my world that I thought other people could, could also enjoy all, all, always based on the philosophy that beauty begins in the belly so all yes. of the products are bi-fermented they're probiotic they're prebiotic and they serve a different purpose. So, for example, Glow is really your daily skin maintenance and support powder. Mm -hmm. But then we've got something like Sleep. Yes. Oh, this Which is again, a favourite of mine. Which, again, is biofermented prebiotic and probiotic. But it's really to help people, you know, a third of Australians find it hard to get to sleep or stay mm -hmm. asleep. It's an epidemic. Sleep is so important for our hormonal health. It's when our cells actually repair and rejuvenate. Yeah. And it's when we release our anti-aging hormones like melatonin, human growth hormone. Mm -hmm. And when we don't get enough sleep, some of those kind of peskier, you know, stress hormones like cortisol rise, wreak yes. havoc on our health, our hunger regulating hormones disrupted. So, so much happens when we don't get enough sleep. So I guess it was really bringing in that philosophy of beauty beginning in the belly as a foundation for all products mm -hmm. and then creating formulas that targeted specific skin and health and lifestyle concerns. So after Glow, what came next in the Beauty Chef timeline? So that was the cleanse product. Yes. Yes. So cleanse in a beauty powder, which is full of biofermented probiotic greens. Yeah. And I was about to say oh, another favourite of mine, but it's just occurred to me that I'm going to say that for every single product. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I, I, I spend a lot of time and all the products have so much love put into them mm. in development so i now work with a team of nutritionists naturopaths and microbiologists yeah to come up with really beautiful complex formulas that we hope are a pleasure to take so we you know for them to taste good is really important yes. for me sometimes that's a little bit more when you've got really strong herbs it's a little bit challenging but i want it to be a really easy and enjoyable experience for people we take the hard work out by yeah. doing it all ourselves and creating these really very complex formulas uh, that are easy to take on a daily basis. Glow and collagen in particular are very easy because it just tastes like I'm having a Treat. delicious yes. smoothie. <laughs> so how, as a consumer, how do we, it's a huge range, how do mm. we determine which products are right for us? How much should we be taking yeah. when... So really, we've got on the website a questionnaire that you can do called Your Remedy. Yeah. And so you can fill it out and it's like a, a prescription, a personal mm -hmm. prescription. So you answer some questions, 
and then it will tell you what products you're best suited to. So we have the Essentials range, which is Glow and Cleanse. Yeah. So Glow is like the foundational product of the range. Everybody should take Glow every day. Yes. It's like your inner beauty support maintenance powder that's like your inner beauty moisturiser. Good. I was about to say, I don't. I, it was either you or Irene or both of you that Glow is your moisturiser and then collagen hydration, whichever is your you know your pick that's your serum so yes. that's okay that's good. to like to turbocharge your interview routine like yeah. a, a topical serum would be yes love so it. and then so clean so glow is like your foundational powder everyday powder and then cleanse if you've got congested skin then that would be your everyday powder mm-hmm. until that clears up a bit and then you go you go to glow yeah and then the boosts I designed to really target specific skin c- concerns and boost your inner beauty routine mm-hmm. and you can have those alongside glow or cleanse and that's either mm-hmm. hydration to hydrate your skin yes. collagen if you're concerned with fine lines tone texture um, signs of aging and then you've got the antioxidant which is an amazing mm. immune booster actually we had that tested by Southern Cross University oh. and it has higher um, NKCA activity which is like higher immune boosting properties and standard olive leaf extract wow so it's also great for mopping up sun damage and also helping to protect your skin from those troublesome free radicals that cause premature aging Mm -hmm. of the skin yes if i look (laughs) i've said it in a few interviews if i look even one day older than i do right now i will be furious (laughs) i'm doing everything in my power well, I hope we can help you with that. Oh, with so your, far, so good. Um, and then we've got the support products, which are really around helping to boost and your anything, you know, where you have lifestyle concerns, mm-hmm. like body, for example, to help your bring your body back into balance. It's yes. an amazing healthy meal supplement mm-hmm. and healthy snack. It's a protein, but also a wellness powder. I find that powder incredible being so busy on the go to be able to put it into a you know shaker mm-hmm. with my coconut milk um, or in the morning blend it with berries or nuts or Yum. whatever spinach you can put anything in there to get a really great dose of protein good source of fiber you're going to buy fermented greens your alkalizing greens your antioxidant rich fruits and vegetables prebiotic probiotic plus you're getting 100 percent of your rdi of vitamin C from Acerola Cherry and 50% of your RDI vitamin D from shiitake mushrooms. So it's an amazing wow. wellness powder. So if you struggle getting protein into your diet mm-hmm. and you're looking for a healthy snack, it's a wonderful um, you know, substitute for your afternoon kind of maybe unhealthy treat that we're yes. all sometimes a little bit susceptible to. Yeah. And then we've also got the sleep powder, which is an amazing, you know, it's got, it's I actually a listed medicine. rave about it enough. Oh. Do you, you enjoy it? Very much so. Oh, good. Very, very much. I'm, my issue isn't staying asleep. It's physically switching off. So I like yeah. to have some sort of a routine to help me wind down. So that's a must for me. Oh, good. I love that's my, you know, overnight time. It's my ritual to have the sleep powder in mm-hmm. some warm coconut milk or almond milk. I sometimes put a little bit of... I put honey in it. Yeah, I do sometimes put a little bit of manuka honey and yeah. a bit of vanilla. Oh, um, I haven't done that. I should be taking notes as I yeah. <laughs> do this. Um, but it's actually listed medicine because we've got such high levels of ah. the passion flower and lemon balm, which are herbs traditionally used in Western medicine. Yes. Um, and then natural sedatives and help really help to relieve stress and send you into that lovely relaxed mm-hmm. slumber. And then it's also got your biofermented turmeric, which is anti-inflammatory. Yes. So it works on your skin as you sleep. Amazing. And it's got the probiotic. It's got the sour cherry, which is... 
naturally rich in melatonin. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful... Pro- I'm, I'm in love with sleep. <laughs> so I always see like glow and collagen are like my inner beauty routine in the morning. Like mm-hmm. collagen's, you know, glows like inner beauty moisturiser, collagen's like inner beauty serum. Yes. And then I will have often a body in the afternoon or sometimes in the morning if I'm racing around. Mm-hmm. Um, and at night time, the sleep powder helps me sleep but is also like my night anti-aging night treatment amazing yes how do we this is another broad one how do we actually determine whether or not we have gut health issues Mm. like i you know i imagine it's go to a naturopath actually get checked out but i feel like there's a step before that that makes us go okay i actually need to see someone so at what point do we start you know looking inwards i think the gut it it's a pretty good barometer in terms of how it feels. So I guess if you have bloating, mm-hmm. diarrhea, constipation, yeah, upset tummy, it's feeling you know very grumbly a lot of the time. Yes. They are probably some of the first signs that your gut is not very happy. Yeah. Of course, after a big meal or something, you know that happens from time to time. But if we consistently have an unhappy t- tummy. And, mm-hmm. you know, your, your stools are not looking, you know, up to scratch. Yes. They say they should really look ideally like a banana. Yeah. That's without the skin. Yes, just, one yeah. would hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess there's other things like your skin's such a good barometer that there's mm. going. I often think that if you have skin issues, it's a good sign that there's some low-grade inflammation in the gut. Yes. Um, also autoimmune disease or anything autoimmune allergies, gut feeling, you know, not very out of balance, headaches, yeah, lethargy. Yeah, poor fatigue was a big function. one for me and just yeah. I mean my gut was not in a good way, but yeah, a few of those were the yeah, and it can be multiple. Yeah. So it's not just often if you've got it's multiple things that are going on at the same time, mm-hmm. upset tummy, skins, breakouts, rosacea. Yeah. Um could be, you know, getting headaches a lot of course these can also be signs of other things so that's why it's always really important to go and seek advice from yep. your healthcare um, practitioner Amazing. but the gut is where so much that affects our health can happen and actually my new book which is the gut guide which comes out mm. in may through hardy grant which is exciting it goes into a lot of looking at the different signs the different testing that you can have done as well as a comprehensive guide and meal planners to help guide you into how to improve your gut health. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are suffering from some sort of gut issues. Yeah. Modern day life is not conducive to great gut health. Not Processed food and stressed and alcohol, um, stress, I think, uh, and, you know, just sugar, refined foods, mm-hmm. not eating organically. So, you know, pesticides, herbicides, uh, chemicals in personal care products and skincare products, mm-hmm. all of those things can help compromise the gut, the lining of the gut mm-hmm. and also contribute to dysbiosis. So what are some of the, the more simple daily changes we can make? So removing processed foods from your diet, mm-hmm. removing processed sugars from your diet, I think is a really, really good start. Using filtered water, because you think about chlorine ah, in water. Yeah. And while it's put there by the authorities to help protect us from harmful bacteria, our bodies then become the filter for the chlorine. And mm-hmm. so you think about what the chlorine is doing to the ecosystem in the gut. If it kills bacteria, yeah. it's affecting our 
gut bacteria. So having filtered water, ah, taking... Is, the wheels are sort of <laughs> doing yeah. over in my head. <laughs> um, taking, uh, eliminating yeah, processed foods, sugars, you know, barbecued foods, for example, aren't ah. charred foods aren't great for gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, your processed oils as well. Stress is such a big... We know there's lots of studies yep. that show how stress can um, alter our microbial balance, not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And meditation studies show can help rebalance yes. our, um, our, 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 our gut. So trying to implement some daily stress release, whether it's being yoga, going for a walk, mm-hmm. meditation, as well as cleaning up your diet, they're really powerful things we can do. And what's been really interesting when I was writing The Gut Guide... And when I work with my team of microbiologists, naturopaths and nutritionists, the one thing they all agree on is that the most profound thing that we can do to affect our gut health in a positive way mm-hmm. and our gut microbiota and the community of bugs that live in our gut is through diet. There you go. You've mentioned water and we are repeatedly told that drinking water is the key to you know, yes. obviously staying hydrated. But does eight glasses a day really have an effect on the complexion yes it does and eight might not be enough yeah you know depending on what you do if you exercise a lot if it's Mm -hmm. really hot and you're sweating a lot so often we say around you know two liters is really the minimum of what we should be drinking per day Mm -hmm. depending on your lifestyle but water is so important it's important for carrying nutrients and oxygen to our cells in our body uh, it's important for lubricating our joints. It's important for our metabolic function, for boosting our metabolism. Mm-hmm. It's important for cognitive function. Whenever my kids say to me, Mum, I've got a headache, I've got, I can't go to the toilet, I'm feeling a bit lethargic, I'm not feeling well. How much water have you yeah. had to drink? It's like, yep. go have a glass of water. And 99.9% of the time, they feel so much better. I mm-hmm. think we forget to drink water and that dehydration yeah. can be such a, a, a you know, can cause so many symptoms mm. that feel really yucky, but it really is just dehydration. That was this year's New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> we hear a lot about the link between acne and dairy, and I feel mm-hmm. like for a lot of acne sufferers, one of the first things they're told mm. is cut out dairy. Yes. What is the link there, mm. and does cutting out... This is a question that was submitted through Instagram. Does yes. cutting out a particular food group mm. create an intolerance to said food group? So does it cutting out what... Uh, uh, so if I were to, let, hypothetically, if I were to cut out dairy, mm. sort of similar to what you were saying with milk, but I think that was more just a not liking the taste of it. Yeah. If I cut out a food group for a period of time and mm. then I come back to it months later, will I have developed a bit of an intolerance to it? It can actually help you with uh-huh. becoming more... So I guess if you think about having, say, leaky gut... Yeah. And if you have leaky gut, then proteins that your body find hard, you, you're gonna, you, often people who have an imbalanced gut, they're not digesting certain proteins properly. Mm-hmm. And then those proteins will, I'm trying to think of a very um, layman's way of <laughs> describing it, but when, with leaky gut, your gut basically has tight junctions, which form a nice, smooth gut lining. Yeah. And when you have leaky gut, those junctions become open. Yeah. So endotoxins 
and undigested food particles can go mm -hmm. into your into your bloodstream where they cause an immune response and inflammation. We don't want that. No, and that's where we get allergic reactions. Mm -hmm. And so by helping to eliminate some of those foods that are irritating the gut mm -hmm. and helping to heal your gut lining, mm -hmm. then you're helping to reduce those allergic reactions and the inflammation. So if you're intolerant to or allergic to certain foods, it does really help you for a period of time to eliminate those foods from your diet, heal the gut, mm -hmm. and then slowly introduce them back into your diet when they're not going to cause such an immune and inflammatory response because they're not getting through the right. gut to create that response. Okay. So over a long-term period, no, you don't want to take a complete food group out of your diet mm -hmm. for the rest, you know, for 20 years because, yes, then that can cause problems mm -hmm. and you can build up when you have that product, that particular food, mm -hmm. you may have a reaction. Right. Yes. But if we're talking small, like shorter term... Shorter term, eliminate first, heal your gut and Amazing. then slowly introduce that food back into your diet. But going back to acne and dairy, yes, there is a really strong correlation. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is studies show that fermented dairy that is not associated with acne, but unfermented dairy, which goes to show, again, ah. it's about the proteins. Yes. So when you ferment dairy, it helps to break down those uh, proteins that are really hard to digest mm -hmm. that will cause inflammation. This idea of fermentation has sort of served as you know the basis for a lot of what you've done mm. when you launched this was a process that not a lot of people were familiar with but yeah. now it's kind of everywhere because kombucha is everywhere yes. that you look is kombucha good for us is it good for the skin is it a fad our kombucha is amazing it's got i mean i guess when you think about the scoby it's a symbiotic colony of you know yeasts and yeah. bacteria um it is you know it's been used for centuries for its incredible health benefits and so yes i think kombucha is very healthy i find some of them on the market have a lot of sugar in them yes so i would be looking at the sugar content of mm -hmm. the kombuchas that you're drinking and i guess you just want to go with a reputable brand that actually really know what they're doing in terms of the fermentation mm -hmm. and haven't just jumped on to the, <laughs> yes. the sake of the drink <laughs> Now, your range has grown to include two outer beauty products, mm -hmm. so to speak. And I love the story behind the probiotic skin refiner. Now, am I correct in saying that this product actually comes from the same process used to create the inner beauty powders? Yes. Talk me through it. I love this. So I actually was using the probiotic skin refiner for years, very mm -hmm. selfishly. <laughs> How very dare you. <laughs> and when... Uh, it was my sister actually and she asked me she was in my bed she said what are you using and I said oh it's just one of my experiments but it's actually the liquid mm -hmm. that comes off the biofermentation of all of the foods right. in our products so it's a bioactive liquid from the fermentation of grasses yeah. algae herbs spices Amazing. it's completely natural mm -hmm. And it completely self-preserves because it's got a pH of 3.5. Yes. So it's because we use a lactic acid fermentation. It's naturally mm -hmm. got lactic acid. Amazing. So I guess I joined all the dots. I'm thinking here we've got this pure extract that I had one of my scientists test to get mm -hmm. the, the pH, the lactic acid bacteria, the, the bacterial um, and, and the lactic acid um, percentages in the product 
to see, okay, well, wow, it's got 5% lactic acid, that's super active, it's yes. got the lactobacillus metabolites. And so we did a bit of a study on it. And so anyway, I was using it and experimenting and my sister came in and she was, you know, looking at my, and she said, what's this? And I said, oh, it's this, you know, bioactive liquid mm -hmm. from the fermentation of my products. And she's like, I can't believe you haven't told me. And I said, well, I have a lot of experiments going on yes. at the one time. <laughs> and I said, it's not that I've kept it from you. It's just, a, you know, and I said, and also it smells. It's got a really strong smell. It smells like apple cider vinegar. Yeah. And she's like, I don't care. It smells like apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> and so she started using started using it and she was obsessed and she's still actually to this day absolutely obsessed by that product yeah. and so then I started giving it to friends and more family and everyone went we don't care about the smell it dissipates really quickly it mm -hmm. is incredible and so it is incredible because it's completely natural it's a byproduct of the fermentation pro process it has a pH of 3.5 which means it exfoliates the skin naturally yes it's got lactic acid bacteria like well, lactic acid which is an alpha hydroxy acid mm -hmm. which one of my favorites of yes the acids which helps to dissolve the intercellular glue that holds dead skin cells together mm -hmm. so it helps to improve cellular turnover yeah uh, we know lactic acid increases natural moisturizing factors in the yes. skin this is um, my language <laughs> speaking it it helps to improve and repair the skin from sun damage. Then we've got the lactobacillus metabolites in there as well, mm -hmm. which helps to strengthen and protect the skin's ecosystem and barrier so system, which is so important to protect the skin from um, pathogens mm -hmm. and also strengthen the skin's natural and balance the skin's natural flora. So it w really was one of those products that I kind of was experimenting with. Then I got a lot of flack from my family and friends for not introducing <laughs> to it to them earlier. Um, and then we had 50 women externally test it, and yeah. which we, I always do. I do a sample of beautiful women from all different parts of um, Sydney and who have all different types of daily routines and the product got five stars with everybody. Amazing. So um, I know that Irene's actually a huge... She's obsessed she's with a, it. Yes, she always talks to me about it. Yes. Like, By the way, I, you know, have I told you that? Yes, you told me lots of times <laughs> that you love it. <laughs> she's... Well, I'm sure um, your family and friends have forgiven you at this point. They have. <laughs> all in due time. That's right. Now, you have been a part of the beauty industry for some time now yes. and we've touched on the fact that you know inner beauty products didn't exist when you launched you yeah. created an entire category but in that time that aside mm. what are some of the other big changes you've seen within the beauty industry so i love the fact that you know before women have even thought about in the morning applying their moisturizer mm -hmm let alone putting their makeup on, they have whipped up a kale and coconut and Beauty Chef chia seed smoothie yes. for radiant skin and well-being. Mm -hmm. And I love that healthy skin has become, I guess, very popular yeah. and something that people want to attain. So rather than it being around perfect skin and perfectly primed and foundation skin, it's yeah. about healthy skin. Mm -hmm. And so I love that there's been that big paradigm shift and that wellness is beauty and beauty is wellness. Yeah. And people, when they feel good, and that's the great thing about looking after your skin from within is not only does your skin look better and more radiant, but you feel better. And when you feel better, you look better. Yes. And I think I often say that there's no amount of cosmetics can replicate the radiance mm -hmm. when someone feels good in their skin. Yeah. And what, you know 
the bounce they have in the step and the energy they have in their voice and the way their skin radiates because they feel so good from within. So I think that's been a huge shift. And I also think that idea of one type of beauty, I think it's yeah. really exciting. I'm so happy that that's really shifted. And it's about women being the best, healthiest, happiest versions of themselves and really embracing uniqueness and individual beauty rather than a prescriptive perfect type of beauty, which I think is so healthy. Yes. And I guess beauty has become... Whereas skincare was something that was so even... It was so isolated. Yeah. And now skincare and beauty are very much integrated into wellness, into fitness, into a much more holistic lifestyle routine. So that's the changes we've seen in the last five years. Mm. What do you think we can expect to see from the beauty industry in the next five years? So I think it will be very gut-focused. Great. Because I think more and more people are going to realise how important gut health is and your microbiome. Mm -hmm. So while genes are important, Gemma, they're very important, <laughs> uh, we know that you know our there's 150 times more microbial genes mm -hmm. than human genes. Yes. So being able to manipulate our gut microbiota mm -hmm. is going to have a huge impact on our gut health and our skin health and overall well-being. So in the form of you know products like the Beauty Chef products that have mm -hmm. probiotics. So I guess I'm working with microbiologists looking at specific types of strains yes. of probiotics that are good for different types of skin issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess a more bespoke and customised look at gut health and your microbiota because not we all have a different microbial profile in our gut. Mm -hmm. So while like Lactobacillus acidophilus might be good for you, <laughs> it might just rolls off the tongue. Lactobacillus rhamnosus is better for me. So go. I think we know that generally there's types of species and genera of bacteria and yeasts mm -hmm. that are great for gut health for everybody. We are very individual, so mm -hmm. like any, you know, looking at nutrient profile, while iron's good for you, it might not be good for me. So I think we'll be able to get, become far more, have a more customised approach to our own gut, um, you know, microbial um, blueprint. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, gut health will be a real focus and certain ingredients and lifestyle pay even more of a part. Mm -hmm. How can we get that life-work balance? So meditating, yep. looking after our gut like, How can we? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's something that, you know, we really need to strive for because I guess in the age of, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and I think it's so wonderful that, you know, there is such an incredible female empowerment movement, which yes. I am just loving and, and for it. it's wonderful. But we also have to be careful that we don't try and be the super. We don't exhaust our adrenals by yes. trying to be the super woman. Yeah, there's this real glamorization of being busy, busy, busy all the time. That's it. And I think if we're all really honest, it is hard. And how do mm. we, you know, do that juggle um, and be able to, you know, fulfill our dreams and what we do from a work perspective, and also find that balance um, mm -hmm. at home and realizing that being busy is also not great for our complexion yes. um, and our overall well-being. So trying to, yeah, just, I guess, ways, products and tools like meditation and products like the Beauty Chef products that mm -hmm. make being healthy 
out when we're time poor easier mm-hmm. and really valuing that kind of self-care and, and, and time out as well. We're getting there slowly <laughs> but surely. So as it stands, there are, is it eight inner beauty and two outer? Yes. Amazing. So many books and then another one coming out in May. Yes. Amazing. You're stocked globally. Yes, we are. Unbelievable. And you've won an InStyle and Audi Women of Style Award. That was exciting and unexpected. Amazing. So my question is, what is next for the beauty chef? So I guess just we're really working on producing more cutting-edge products and Mm -hmm. content and... I'm, it's really exciting. I've been working with a team of microbiologists. We've actually partnered with Charles Perkins Centre ah. on a really incredible project looking at the bioactivity of fermented foods. Amazing. So, and their effect on the skin mm-hmm. and the gut. So fermented foods are really interesting because not only do they make food more easily digested mm-hmm. and bioavailable, all the nutrients in the food, and create probiotics, a broad-spectrum probiotic, but they also contain bioactive compounds, which research is showing has a really positive effect on the immune system. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about the research that we're doing with, it's Dr. Andrew Holmes at Sydney University. Yeah. And also I'm working on some really exciting um, research into our mother culture and different strains of bacteria yeah. and also always looking at the way that we can enhance our floriculture process which is our fermentation process mm-hmm. so that's really exciting as well as lots of new products and also more books on the horizon Gemma. that was Carla Oates founder of The Beauty Chef who you can find on Instagram at The Beauty Chef to read my interview with Carla you can visit glowjournal.com And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I know the cardinal rule of podcasting is to not read your own reviews, but I broke that rule and I can't tell you how happy you guys all make me. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.